Hello, welcome back to Own Goal Podcast. Uh, we got episode 26. Date of recording is February 10, 2019. You may be thinking. Sorry, we've been absent for a while. Eric, in a coordinated. You know what? Oh, 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 it's my turn to do the it's my turn to do the intro. You may be thinking to yourself, episode 26, I thought we just last heard episode 24. And like a year ago. And if you're thinking about that, then props to you for being one of our few uh, consistent listeners. But yeah, we epi- we recorded what like a week, ten days ago, maybe the uh, the t- the twenty fifth episode of the podcast. Unfortunately, shortly thereafter, I had no more. My internet died, and then I was out of town. Uh, and then I got back in town, and it took a couple of days for my internet to come back. So we've de- dedicated that to be the lost episode of Own Goal Podcast, which is a shame because it was. A lot of fun. It was a fun one to tape, and I thought we had a good time with it. Yeah, it was. A, it was actually a solid episode. That, that, that's a shame. Yeah, uh, like I guarantee, it's probably end up being that this would have been a better episode for us to lose. But we got a lot of fun stuff coming your way. We're gonna recap uh, some of the the main leagues, and then we're gonna get to the uh, Champions League preview. But first, to the byline. It's in. It's an odd goal. It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. And goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his calf. Got no chance really the keeper. Astonishing position to get As always, we start with news around the soccer world and... I have doesn't make me at all happy to say this, but I think we all feared the worst and it ended up being true. Um, Emiliano Sala's body was recovered. Uh, I guess you didn't hear the last episode because we never released it, but he was involved in a plane crash going back to, um, coming back from Nantes after saying goodbye to his teammates uh, from a transfer from Nantes to Cardiff, and his body was recovered. And uh, we just wish the best for all of his family. And just give them our thoughts and prayers. The pilot's body has not been recovered, and Kylian Mbappe has donated 60,000 euros in the effort to locate the pilot's body so the family can have some sort of closure. I thought that was a class act made yeah. by Mbappe. Yeah, it was. And I mean, this, so yeah, we covered, I think, the initial uh, incident, like the, you know, the, the flight going missing when it, when it originally happened, and then didn't release the pod. But uh, it was a small two man flight. Uh, Emiliano Sala and the pilot. Uh, so, really, really sad, crushing news. I feel like every every week we have more shitty news to to lead off with, which is never you know never a fun thing. But thoughts and prayers with the pilot's family, Emiliano's family. Those photos of his dog waiting waiting for him to come home just fucking gutted me. So, uh, not you know, sucks. Uh, and following up with that, there's uh, another you know soccer world related tragedy. Uh, the Brazilian club Flamengo uh, had a, a fire in their uh, I think one of their youth training complexes in a, in a dormitory, I believe. And, yep. And uh, there were ten people that were were killed and at least three other injured. Six of the of the lives lost were youth players. And then uh, four were, were team employees. So rough times. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, 
Donnie, I could use a change of pace. And I know this, yes. I know, I know you've been, you've been doing a lot of, of research and follow up on a story that I think is more the speed of this podcast. Yes. Obviously our thoughts and prayers with the victims and those people injured from the, the burning uh, training complex. But now for something, maybe that'll put the smiles on your face. This is a very different story, and it's and the star of this story is Arda Turan. He's the Barcelona attacking midfielder who's on loan to Turkish Super League club Istanbul Bakashir, Turkish Super League best club in the world, uh, best league in the world, excuse me. Uh, if you remember, Turan spent from 2011 to 2015 at Atletico Madrid. He was crushing it there, and he finally got that big money move to Barca, but it never really happened for him at Barcelona. Amazing well, how so many players love moving to Barcelona and then just not play. But that, yeah, I, that's I a whole that's a whole other story for another <laughs> podcast. Because yeah. So long long story short, he's facing up to twelve years in a Turkish prison. But <laughs> the devil really is in the details here. <laughs> so I need to introduce you to another important character in this classic Turkish drama. He's a Turkish pop star by the name of Berke Sayin, and apparently Sayin's wife is an absolute smoke. So much so that Tehran, as in he Turan, means he, Donnie means she's attractive, not that she chain smokes a lot. <laughs> yes, yes, she's uh, she's very very beautiful. Apparently, Tehran walks up to Sine's wife back in October and says, and this is so creepy, but he says, "You're very pretty. If you weren't married, I wouldn't let you get away." Now, I got. Which also implies that he knows she would run away from him. I have to pause, and I have to imagine that. Something has to be lost in translation, right? <laughs> Thinking that, like, th- this is one of those Google Translate, it, there's a lot of, of syntax that, that, that doesn't come through. But then the, the deeper into the story we get, the dumber I realize Arda Turan is. And upon second thought, I actually think that may have been a word-for-word exact translation to what he would have said. Yeah, and so, so you know, he's basically, like, you know, like, talking up his game to Sayin's wife. Obviously, he isn't trying to get John Terry to anything, <laughs> so he, he kind of interjects and lets him know that, like, he's not okay with Turan trying to smash his wife. Obviously, things get phys- physical and not in the way that Turan wanted, and Sahin ends up with a broken nose. That's the least crazy part of this story. <laughs> so, let's just set the stage. Um, so, that was, that was step, you know, phase one in the club, altercation, Art of Turan being a jackass. Pretty standard. Now we're going to move to phase two where Sahin is in the hospital, presumably recuperating from the, the broken nose and, and the, the fisticuffs. Exactly. So Sahin's in the hospital where Turan shows up with a loaded gun, which he doesn't have a license for, by the way. That's one of the charges. If you're an athlete and a, you have a gun, you never have a license for it. That's what I learned from the NFL. <laughs> um, and, he, and he's actually trying to apologize to Sahin. He gives Sahin the gun and says, shoot me if you want. Which, imagine if John Terry had done that with all the team. He would have been dead. He would have been dead. Wayne Bridge would have fucking said that. <laughs> you know, well, apparently Sahin is not a sociopath. So he doesn't shoot him. He just says no. So Sahin then takes the gun and fires You mean Arda Turan? Arda, Arda takes the gun, not Sahin. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Arda Turan takes it's the gun. It's confusing, I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's a confusing novella. Shoots the floor of the hospital, and that's where we are now. So here's what I'm thinking. He shot the floor. Of the Arda had to shoot the floor of the hospital to prove to Sahin that the gun was loaded and it was real, right? Right? He's like thinking, thinking Sahin. Yeah. That, but 
here's my actual thinking of the whole thing. Arda Turan showed up to quote unquote apologize as a way to get Sahin to shoot him so Sahin would go to jail. And then Arda Turan would have, you know, 12 years or whatever to try to, to mack on that guy's wife and, and close the deal that he couldn't seal. Yeah, the worst part of this story for Sahin is he also faces anywhere between three months and two years in prison for insulting Turan. So, so while I think I think the, there's two takeaways from this in my mind. One is Arda Turan is a fucking idiot. Actually, there's three things, three things to take away. Arda Turan's a fucking idiot. Arda Turan yeah. is n- n- a poor man's John Terry, and I mean that very poor. He he ain't no JT. Right. And there is some serious bullshit going on with Turkish law. I agree. I agree with all those, and you're missing one important takeaway. Sahin's wife has to be just so hot <laughs> that like people are risking prison time for her. Like she just has to be un like unearthly attractive, like just a different species from the rest of us. If she were a man, she would be the Hawkeye of the week. What's up? If she were a man, she would be the hot guy of the week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of not hot guys of the week, Neymar is still a bitch. No surprise there. There's a video of him at his birthday party where he starts to kind of get teared up and wishes for a new metatarsal. As if you may don't know, he's currently out with an injury to his metatarsal. I kind of thought it was like a, a self-deprivation joke kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see the video, so I didn't realize that he got teared up about it, so maybe not, but... I when, I when I read that, I was like, ah, oh, Namor has got some some jokes at his own expense. Um, I mean, yeah, if, if you don't know, he he's, he he's injured, kind of, you know, sucks. We are anti Namor podcast, but we are are more so anti injury podcast. Um, but he'll be out for for a couple of weeks. Now you you called Namor a bitch boy. Why don't we go to the bitch boy of all bitch boys, uh, Landon Donovan, Ooh. coming out of retirement to play arena soccer <laughs> with the San Diego Shockers or Sockers. No, 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 no. It's, it's not Shockers. It actually is Sockers. I definitely that's thought that. I thought that was a typo. <laughs> yeah, that's just. I just feel like he can't let it go, man. No, you know, you know, and you, you know what this proves. That we, when I say we, I mean you and I, were right when we continuously blasted and still blast Landon Donovan for never actually taking a chance outside of a half-season loan. Of, and, the to- and the totally failed move to Bayern Munich. Yeah, in, in Europe. He, he never he never actually put himself out there, and that's why he feels like he has to con- consistently come back because he realizes he didn't give it his all. You see somebody like Clint Dempsey who retired in his – probably literally living in a river because what he does is he catches fish and occasionally plays a little bit of soccer according to his Twitter Clint, handle. Clint Dempsey will probably never touch another soccer ball again. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I did everything I needed to do with that. Because I'm just going to fish. Like, I don't want to play soccer. I just want to fish now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some crazy stats. We don't often talk women's soccer on this podcast, but these stats do need to be discussed. This is ben- This is the most impressive run in all of soccer history. I totally agree. Benfica's women's team this season, 16 games, 16 wins, 293 goals scored, zero conceded. Uh, Move over, Arsenal. There's a new uh, Invincibles. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Zero goals conceded. Yeah. 
So that's nuts. I don't even know what to do. Like, I don't care if you were playing, if it was grown men playing against 13 year olds, scoring 293 goals in 16 games without conceding any is impressive no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, because clearly they're they're playing real attacking soccer and they're still not letting anything go. Um, damn. But what if, that, what if they're just super defensive and just devastating on the counter attack? <laughs> Sounds like my kind of team. All anyway, right, now the segment that if you haven't been waiting, you're, if you all haven't been waiting for it, we at least have. It's time for a little hot guy of the week, and uh, I'll get us kicked off. My hot guy of the week was a uh, was my was a leading candidate for me after last weekend's uh, set of games. He scored in the very first minute of competition, and ended up putting a uh, a hat trick through in the Premier League. And you know, I was like, damn. Unless he has a shitty, you know, following week, this is my hot guy of the week, and then he followed it up by uh, undressing with his teammates, undressing Chelsea for a second hat trick. And uh, my hot guy of the week is Sergio Aguero. Uh, he was almost not going to be my hot guy of the week because I absolutely fucking hate that platinum hair dye uh, job. But the the two hat tricks in out of three Premier League games kind of made the choice for me. And and if you just ignore the haircut, he's a very attractive dude. You know, I'm surprised you went Aguero because I know you despise the platinum I really blonde haircut hate it so much. But I mean, he's but uh, it, it is that is a worthy choice. He has been. I mean, you and I have always said he's the best striker in the Premier League, and it's still true. He's still the best striker in the Premier League. He's crushing it, uh, which gives me an idea that next time we need to wager something on this podcast, loser has to dye their hair platinum. Ah, uh, uh, okay, it's <laughs> gonna be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like no. I'll, 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 look wor- I'll look even worse than you do with it. I have jet black hair. It's not about who will look worse. It's about the fact that I hate it way more than you do. <laughs> You I hate do. it so much more than you do. It's something for us to discuss in the future. It's, I think it'd be funny. it's similar to how I hate covering the French League so much more than you <laughs> would hate covering the French League. Oh, that's true. Um, now for my Hawkeye of the Week. He's not as well-known of a name, but I sent you a picture, Eric. He's very Can confirm, very hot. Kind of has like a Zac Efron look to him. Uh, in the past three games, he's got, his team's got three wins. He has two goals and two assists including the tie-breaking goal against Bayern Munich, who they beat, his team beat, his plays for Bayer Leverkusen. I'm, of course, talking about Kevin Volland, who's very attractive. Like I said, looks like Zach Efron. Always has that perfect Dude, amount his, of stubble his, on his face. Too. I, I want to know what his uh, trimmer level is, because that's a great level of just stubble, but it's, it's, it's long enough to easily be able to see where it is and where it ends, but it's not so long that he looks like... He might be on the verge of being homeless. He, he's got a very good look going. Un- unfortunate news for all of us is that he is actually he married his childhood sweetheart, basically, and they have a little girl together. I Instagram, I Insta stalked him, and um, he's just a happy. He's a, he's a good old family man, but re- absurdly good looking man as well. Yeah. So yeah, Kevin Volland, my hot guy of the week. Congrats, Kevin. We'll be sending you your award in the mail. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably going to get flagged at the German post office <laughs> as some sort of, like, terrorist watch list. And with that, we move on to aptitude tests. 
for anyone who's just listening to the show for the first time, this is our segment where we say, if Peter Crouch didn't play soccer, what would he be doing? Or what would he be? What would he be doing? Yeah, this was this was all all kind of came to light from a couple of interviews where uh, Antonio Cassano was asked that, and he said I'd probably be a criminal. And Peter Crouch was asked that, and he said I'd probably be a virgin. So um, th- those are actually their own answers, and, and we just kind of ran with it. So, Donnie, Eric, I believe, I, Donnie, I believe you're up. Uh, yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm telling you. If he didn't play soccer, what would Mario Balotelli be doing? There are so many possibilities. <laughs> Mario Balotelli. So I'm trying to think of what are the first two things I think of when I think of Mario Balotelli. And the first one is when he scored for Man City and ripped off his shirt. And it was the why always me uh, (laughs) tagline, you know? Yeah. So I think Mario Balotelli, if he uh, did not play soccer, for some reason I feel like if he didn't play soccer, he would have been French instead of Italian, which makes no sense because I know that's not how nationality works. Um. I actually kind of know what you mean. That you, <laughs> like, I weirdly understand that. I feel like he would be um, some kind of social justice like like warrior for for uh, you know fighting against racism in Europe. Hmm. Which, like that. Which I, is going against the the comedic route. Uh, but I don't. Know, I just, I see. You know, when I think of Balotelli, I think of how uh, open and aggressive he's been with the media i also think about how he's been the subject of a lot of racism in his day and so i i I see him kind of tackling that without all the money success and fame i think he would have actually avoided a lot of the shit that he that he kind of brought onto himself as well that's fair that's a good answer that's a really thoughtful really thoughtful answer man all righty um who did I ask last week? <laughs> Hold on, let me. See. Was, was uh, it, I don't know. What, did I ask? Did I ask Pep last week or no? I'm looking. Hold on. I really wanted to do Pep, but I feel like I, if I didn't ask him last week, I asked him a couple weeks before. No, you asked Chuck Blazer last week. Oh, that was a really good one. Okay, well, I have a new one this week, and it's not Pep or Chuck Blazer. Um, if he wasn't a soccer player and now soccer analyst and announcer, what would Taylor Twellman? Taylor Twelman, one thousand percent would work at Men's Warehouse. <laughs> he would he would be selling suits at Men's Warehouse, and he would also be he'd also be able to do all the tailoring as well. Uh, um, he would he he just he just looks like a guy who would work at Men's Warehouse. I don't know what it is about him. That's just what I think. So before I give you what what what, what my pick was for this, what did you have pegged down for Mario Balotelli? I honestly didn't have. I don't. I didn't really have anything in mind. Like I, Boo. I, I really couldn't come up with anything. And then I really thought about it, and I actually think that uh, he would be like a low level rapper, like like not like a high profile rapper, but like something in like the RJ category, where he too would make a sex tape <laughs> with some British lady and like spawn the British Kardashians. Like I think. It would be oh him that spawns the British Kardashians in a sense. I can see it. I can also see him being like a French rave club promoter. Yes. 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's that, that, that spike haircut. Um, what I think of if Taylor Twellman was not uh, a soccer player, I think he, in college he would have 100% been the president of Young Republicans. <laughs> and he definitely would would be like um, a campaign gopher, right? He not not the not any guy you know high up on in the campaign, not a not a strategist, but like, hey Taylor, we need you to go get all this shit for the candidate, or we need you to get this shit for the person who works for the candidate. That that guy that when the candidate walks into the room, he's like, that's that's Douglas. Uh, his son goes to to Harvard. That that that's Betsy. You know, you met her three years ago. He's like that guy. The body man. Makes sense. The body man. Yeah. Makes sense. And with that, we're just going to dive right in. So we had uh, we scrapped a couple other things just because we want to have time to cover the Champions League. So we're just going to dive right into the Premier League. Um, as we Arsenal. Do. <laughs> and as always, Eric makes a comment about it. Don't worry, when Milan loses again, I know you fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, Arsenal mixed bag this week. A um, couple of tight wins. A 2-1 win over Cardiff and a 2-1 win over Huddersfield, sandwiched right between a 3-1 loss to Man City. Uh, but more significantly, they also got crushed 3-1 at home in the FA Cup to Manchester United. Yeah, I don't. So, think, I don't think that's more important. It's, I think it's it's Premier no, League. No, it was more. It was more important to me. Premier <laughs> Premier League results. <laughs> Premier League results are above, and then everything else is below. Um, I, I I think. You know, the, they're beating teams that they're supposed to beat, which is what you have to do. I mean, basically anybody beats Huddersfield right now, so it's not that impressive. Um, actually, the the way they, they, they were outplayed by Huddersfield and, and you know, got got a result, which is what they needed. Uh, but I'd be concerned about that play, especially when you, when you, com, you know, combine that with how they just didn't even show up in the second half of that um, Arsenal-Man City game. I think uh, yeah. I think Arsenal have a lot to be concerned with, but fortunately, after what we saw from Chelsea today, they have a lot less to be concerned with than uh, than one of their other uh, you know fourth place competitors. Yeah, and uh, moving on, well, I guess we'll talk about Man City real quick. They actually lost two one to Newcastle, despite like you said earlier, Aguero sc- literally scoring in the first minute. But they rebounced back to beat Arsenal three one, beat Everton two zero. And today, just an absolute fuck fest of Chelsea with a six-zero win. That's Chelsea's worst ever loss in the Premier League era. Yeah, there. This is going to be some interesting shit with Chelsea going down the the stretch and going into the off season as well. Um, last year, the uh, the drama center was Arsenal, you know, with all of, like the wanger out shit and the, and everything going all toxic. Um, well, and last year, I think we had a lot of you know people. You know, Arsenal shit, you had uh, Antonio Conte at Chelsea, and then you even had, you know, the early stages of the uh, Mourinho outers. Right now, I the only manager drama I'm noticing or I'm hearing about is... Sorry. The sorry. The sorry ball. Yep. Um, and I guess we'll just talk about Chelsea. Chelsea have kind of more or less been pathetic yeah. since our last episode. Uh, they did beat Tottenham in the League Cup semi, so they will face Man City in a couple weeks in the League Cup. But which cup lost. is which cup is that? What's the League Cup? League Cup is the cat is what you call the Carabao. Oh, I mean, okay. I, I there's so many fucking cups and I, I okay. 
This is the least important of them all. Yes. Like, I would rather win the Painters' Cup than this. Probably. <laughs> okay. Uh, they lost 4-0. They got... They tied their worst ever loss in the Premier League, a 4-0 loss to Burnmouth. Uh, thank you, Josh King, for your grace there. You used to play for Manchester United, for Manchester United Youth Product. Uh, but then everything seemed fine because they destroyed Huddersfield 5-0. Eric, you really tanked that fucking team. I know. I love Huddersfield. I still <laughs> love Huddersfield, and it's all my fault. And every, and every, everything looked good. Higuain had a brace. Hazard had a brace. But then, And then we realized that everybody beats Huddersfield. <laughs> yeah, everybody beats Huddersfield, and then you just get crushed by Man City 6-0. I just... I mean, they were down 4-0 after 25 minutes. Yeah, it was it was something to behold. Um, you know, I, there were a lot of people who were talking about how, you know, Chelsea had almost all the right pieces. Yeah, the defense was a bit of a concern, but what they really needed was a proper target man, and, and they'd be top four no problem. So... Is Iguain not what they were looking for? Because looks to me like Iguain left a situation in Milan where he was getting no service and uh, he, you know, he was frustrated and unhappy to a team where he's getting no service and he was looking frustrated all early on. And I mean, granted, everybody was looking frustrated when you're down four, four goals in twenty five fucking minutes. But um, just I don't know. I was. I was chuckling a little bit when, when I watched Iguain get almost no service at all for an entire game and then saw Milan provide service to their striker all all game long, you know, a couple hours later. Yeah, it was it was just bad. It, I have a feeling they don't finish in the top four. Sorry is probably gone. You think ah, that's one season? Let's just put it this way. Dave invested a lot to bring in the players that he wanted to to build the system that he wants to do. That's, I mean, it's it's Roman Abramovich and it's Chelsea's history of managers. I I wouldn't be shocked at all. I just that, that that's what I'm thinking. I think, like I said, he he's fired very successful managers for him before for a lot less. No, you're. I mean, you're right. And we'll sorry doesn't have any major trophies. You know kind of back his resume um and that's i alluded to this earlier uh you know the top of the of the show about this potentially some very interesting stuff going down the stretch because if uh if sorry's out who is available for them to bring in who's going to want a job where they where they basically wouldn't even give a manager more than a full season um and then so, someone who's used to dealing with that kind of craziness before, and someone who wanted Eden Hazard very, very recently. Can they bring back Mourinho? No, oh, I think goes to Chelsea. I don't think Zidane goes to Chelsea. Zidane just can't be sitting on his thumbs. Like, like Why not? Is he gonna, he's going to have to take a job at some point. He walked out on top. He did. The last time he walked out somewhere, he got red card for headbutting Marco Materazzi. I think he liked the feeling of walking out under his own power. Technically, he did walk out under his own power. Not, 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 it was not his own call. Not of his own volition. Agreed, not of his own volition. I don't uh, know. It'll so, be interesting. But how, and then, of course, the only question that I really care about for Chelsea is how does this affect Christian Pulisic and his prospects? Also, if you're Eden Hazard, if you hadn't decided already. 
Oh, he's going to Real Madrid. He's gone. I, we we've said he's gone for a while. Like I'm pretty certain in that. But whatever sliver of hope Chelsea had, Chelsea fans had that <laughs> done. Um, and if I'm if I'm a what was it, a Hudson Odoi, their young promising winger who Bayern keeps trying to buy. I want to leave too. Who who he's he's rejected ex- contract extensions and made it clear that he handed in a transfer request over January window. Um, I'm. I feel really affirmed in my decision that I want to leave, and I think Chelsea's going to have to face the music and sell him over the summer or lose him for a free a year later. You know how much Bayern loves grabbing uh, talented young players on a free. Leon Goretzka? Yeah. Uh, Liverpool, unfortunately, couldn't take advantage of City's slip. Or not, fortunately. Unfortunately for them. Fortunately for all the other 19 teams in the Premier League. Uh, They actually dropped four points by having consecutive ties, a 1-1 tie with Leicester and a 1-1 tie with West Ham before finally beating Burnmouth 3-0. And then that leaves, uh, I guess, Tottenham next, who are actually clinging to life without Kane and Ali. They are out of both cup competitions, but Son and Erickson, especially Son, who scored in all three Premier yeah. League games, uh, these last three Premier League games, has kept them uh, in the title race. They had a 2-1 two, two, two win. At Watford, 1-0 versus Newcastle, and 3-1 versus Leicester. The most important thing that Tottenham and Tottenham players have done since the Kane and and Deli Alley injuries have been losing uh, tournaments. They got out of both cup competitions. Sun um, lost in the Asia Cup to to come back a couple games early for for Tottenham, and that was dire because uh, without, without Sun... They would fully be relying on Fernando Llorente, who has got to be the. I mean, having to go from Kane to Llorente is such a horrible drop in talent. From it's from, like go, it's like going from a 2019 Ferrari to, a, to having to drive a Model T. Yeah. <laughs> For but, those of you who don't know, that's the first production car ever invented. The Model T, at least, like. Has the novelty of it being that being really cool? I think it's okay. Go, a, Ford, a Ford Pinto. A Ford Pinto is what I was gonna go with. Yes, like a like a seventies Ford Pinto that probably yeah yeah exactly. No seat belts, no airbags. Probably doesn't even have brakes if you really look at it. It's <laughs> and it's more likely to score on you than for you. He's actually evened out in the period that he's been getting playing time. He has an own goal and an actual goal. So I know. He's sitting, he's sitting even. <laughs> Which is not – that's not the conversion rate, uh, the ratio you want for your, your striker. Okay. Uh, and now this is my favorite part of the podcast when we can just talk about Manchester I, Oh, I'm United. sure. I'm sure after this segment you're just going to sign off, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much mentally checked out after this. Uh, first of all, it doesn't happen often in this sport, but I was wrong. A few months ago, I said, man, you have no chance at top four at all. And today, as it stands, and you're I, in I remember first. you said not only did they have no chance of top four, but we were going to stop talking about them in these breakdowns <laughs> unless they were playing one of the one of the actual top four competitors. Yes, well, things have changed. I was wrong. All of you other people who support Man U who believe you were right. I'm dumb. You're smart. I'm ugly. Y'all are handsome. I admit when I'm wrong. That being said, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is crushing the start of his Man United managerial career at a similar rate to which JT crushes his teammates' wives. Um, he actually had the best ever start to a Premier League manager's career, and he beat out who the two guys were tied for it were uh, 
Carlo Ancelotti and Pep Guardiola, and he beat them out by a point by getting that draw against Burnley. Um, he's not, we also knocked out Arsenal out of the FA Cup, which is just always nice to beat Arsenal. But um, the Burnley game was terrible, right? We should have been up 1-0 by Rashford. He just... Yeah. I don't even know what that attempt of a finish was. The, I don't even have words the, for it. It was so the bad. The easier the attempt, the harder it is for him to finish. He's like the uh, Hito Turgalu of, uh, of <laughs> soccer. Uh, before, you can check my tweets. Before Pereira gifted Burnley the goal, I tweeted and said, he is not good enough to be a Manchester United player. And then he basically just like gave up the ball right on top of our 18 and gave Burnley a goal. Then Burnley got another one, so we're down 2-0. Which, in, minute. in the Mourinho days... Going down 2-0 was the best thing that could happen for United. That is true. Uh, <laughs> but 87th minute, Lingard gets taken out in the box. Pogba PK makes it. 92nd minute, Victor Lindelof. What a time to get your first goal for Man U. The salvage of the art, 2-2. Now, it was Mourinho. You know, like you said, we would get late, we'd get late equalizing goals, late winning goals. But what I really liked was the team's attitude after this game. It wasn't a, yeah, we're really happy with the draw. It was a, that was points dropped. Like, we should have won that game. We should have never been in that position. And it's that change in attitude, I think, is one of the most significant impacts that Solskjaer has had over Mourinho. So um, I, think, I think the most significant impact is that when Pogba is playing really well, uh, Solskjaer is like, yeah, Pogba's playing really well. Whereas Mourinho was like, Pogba's playing like crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a tight 1-0 win over Leicester. Pogba played a magnificent pass to Rashford, who had a much harder finish than the one Against Burnley, but he scored that like, one, no problem. Because for him, the harder it is, the easier it is. And then we follow that up with yesterday, a 3-0 shit pump of Fulham. Fulham, for the first 10 minutes, looked really, really good. And then, man, you were like, oh, yeah, I forgot who we were. And then they played uh, Pogba with a brace. And Martial had a – literally ran half of the field by himself, basically. Like, fighting off guys. Such a great example of speed and strength to – for his goal, and we were able to rest like Young, Lindelof, Rashford, and Lingard, who are all likely going to be starting on Tuesday against PSG. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, Solskjaer is doing what he's supposed to be doing. I mean, he hasn't lost the game yet. He's doing a great job. Uh, the players, this, the mood is better, and yeah, I'm very optimistic. Question for you. If the season ended right now, would you want him to be offered the uh, full time? Yeah. Okay. If, if it ended right now, yes. If season ends and, and United finish fourth place yes yeah i think so even even if zidane's like i would like to coach man united yes well crap i oh this is it's completely hypothetical i I would pick solskjaer over pochettino i zidane one is hard because like we have our we already have martial and uh pogba and i feel like zidane might be the way to get mbappe you want that french connection i just want that third french guy i just want mbappe this is all, all I want is Mbappe now. Well, good luck. Good luck with your goal. Um, so that that thing what that takes us to the uh, table update. Update: We've got uh, Man City and Liverpool on uh, sixty five points. Shitty uh, has the lead on goal differential, which was really helped by Chelsea letting them put six past them today. Yeah. And then we got Tottenham at sixty, which is five points off the lead. United in fourth on fifty one points. So nine points behind third. And then Arsenal and Chelsea are on 50. Interesting tiebreaker for Chelsea and Arsenal. Um, so it's points, then goal differential. And then after goal differential, it's total goals scored. And going into today's game, you know, um, Chelsea 
were tied with Arsenal, had one game left to play, you know, a game in hand, and had uh, six more goals, six better goal differential. Uh, they lose their game, so get zero points, and they lost by six, so they now drop their goal differential to level with Arsenal, and Arsenal have scored like 13 more goals this season or something. So, <laughs> so Chelsea need to uh, to if Chelsea don't win off of points, they're not going to they'll lose a tiebreaker to Arsenal, I think. Uh, so very interesting, and, and United right there. It's a it's a close race with a, a, a safe cushion between sixth and seventh. Yeah. I think seven, seventh yeah. place is at like 38 points or something pretty far off the pace. So Yeah, that's exactly right. Seven places, 12 points off. It's pretty safe to say that we got we have the top six. It's the top six that everybody was expecting. Uh, and now it's going to be a fucking bloodbath for the title and a, and a absolute gutter brawl for uh, fourth place. And I am very excited. And now, Eric, to get you even more excited, you can talk about Serie A, the Italian League. All righty. Second, as always, in our breakdown. Uh, <laughs> unless Milan lose, then we get to talk about him first because somebody else makes the outlines. Uh, so we're going to start off, off with the easy stuff. Juve keep winning. Uh, Napoli have, have stalled a little bit. They, they drew Fiorentina, and, and they drew Milan a few weeks back. Uh, Juve safely in first place. I, we can crown them right now. Dun, 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 uh, Napoli are very secure in second place. You don't, we don't crown them because you don't get shit for being in second place. Uh, but they have a, a nine-point lead over third, and I feel pretty confident that even a stalling Juve is, isn't, or stalling Napoli isn't going to drop to third place, uh, especially when third place is Inter. Uh, they won this week, but just the week before, they had a home game against Bologna, who's one of the bottom five teams in Serie A, and they lost to Bologna at home. Uh, Inter, today's game was the first first game they scored a goal in 2019. So they, uh, they have like a nine-point lead over fourth place that's dropped down to a four-point lead over fourth place. So if Inter doesn't kind of right the ship soon, they're going to find themselves in the fucking logjam that is the battle for, for fourth place. Uh, in that battle, we have... Milan currently in fourth, and then three teams tied uh, on points for fifth place. You've got Atalanta, Lazio, and Roma all tied on 38 points, one point behind Milan uh, at 39 points. Milan um, had a Paqueta and Piontek look like potential top four clinching signings. I'm not saying that Milan are going to finish in fourth place. I'm just saying the way these guys have played since since joining the club look like they could be the reason that Milan does make that that I, down the stretch. I totally agree. I, I think both signings have been fantastic. Paqueta has really surprised me with his defensive work weight right yeah. at times. You just it's just from a Brazilian attacking player, you just don't see that. You just don't yeah. see that defensive work rate. And uh, the Polish one, how do you say his name? So it's spelled Piatek, but it's pronounced Piontek. Okay, Piontek, that guy is a gamer. He's he, clinical. He can, he can, he's got goals in him. He's he's just clinical. Uh, I mean, he, he missed a relatively easy chance today, but then he converted a, a slightly tougher one, I don't know, 30 minutes afterwards. Uh, Paqueta, though, is, is the guy that I've been really impressed with. Uh, I've been saying all along that with Jack Bonaventura out, 
Milan had no creativity on the left side, and so teams could just consistently uh, guard and shut down Suso, and Milan had no creativity because of it. Uh, it was pivotal to get some creativity on that left side, and really all Paqueta is is creativity and work rate, which is a fantastic fucking combination. And then, Absolutely. And then Atalanta have been really impressive. They uh, they currently sit fifth, tied with uh, with Roma and Lazio, as mentioned. Uh, their striker Duvan Zapata is uh, in in contention for the uh, the top scorer in the uh, in Syria, and um, it's just it's it's fascinating. And the Coppa Italia, I know I joke about cuffs and thinking they're they're pointless, but the Coppa Italia quarterfinals just wrapped up last week, and oh my god, they were. Odd to say the least. Fascinating to to put it in a better spin. Uh, going into the quarterfinals, you had all the major players still alive, with some of the other you know decent but not you know not not title competitors um, still in it. Yeah, you, your higher end mid table. Yeah. So going into you ended up Juve was eliminated by Atalanta. So hot right now. Atalanta's uh, home field is really hard to play. Good luck, Milan. Please don't let me down next week. Napoli eliminated by Milan. Napoli and Milan played uh, in Milan for Syria, tied 0-0. Then three days later, played in Milan for the uh, for the, the Coppa Italia, and, and uh, Cutrone got Milan ahead. And no, this was Piontek got Milan ahead in two uh, nothing. It was fantastic. Inter eliminated by Lazio, and Roma eliminated seven one by Fiorentina. That was bad. My 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 dude. Uh, Federico Chiesa had a fucking ball game, uh, hat trick and all this shit. But uh, what's fascinating is if you look at the final four left, number one out, number two out, number three out, you've got current fourth, current fifth, and then you have current seventh and current ninth place. Those are your those are your final four for the Coppa Italia, which is just fascinating to me. Yeah, I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, interesting side note. Ronaldo scored goal number 18 today, and with, I think, what is it, 13 or 14 games left in Syria? Yeah. With 14 games left in Syria, mm-hmm. Eric said he wasn't going to get to 25. I said he was going to get over 25. He's getting very close to that 25 number. So it'll be interesting how that plays So out. if he hits 25, we push, right? Because I said he wouldn't get it, 25. You said yes, he'd get it, over 25. It, I said over, for sure. Yeah. So if he, 25 is a push, but if he hits number 20, and you know you are at least getting going to get four penalties in that time spot. I mean, at least four. Next time they play Milan, they'll be given like three penalties or something. Yeah, how many? Milan's probably gotten their three penalties they get for the whole season already. Uh, but yeah, I think Syria, Syria, the Syria Premier League, uh, the top that 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 fourth place race is going to be incredible going it's, into the end of the season in both yeah. leagues. The a bit bit more of a log jam in Syria, but I think a bit more. Um, you know the, the teams that are in contention in Premier League are a little more overall, I think, talented and, and more complete. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how both of those kind of play out. Um, hoping to see a few teams emerge from the from the fold in, in Serie A. Would love to see Inter keep kind of stalling and drop back. So you have uh, instead of five teams competing for fourth, you have six teams competing for third and fourth, which could make things. All right, before we uh, jump into to La Liga and, and officially wrap up the Serie A rundown, 
interesting little development in the uh, political arena of Italian soccer. Yesterday, the uh, milk farmers uh, and the shepherds of the Cagliari, Cagliari area uh, staged a sit-in and basically locked the Cagliari uh, team in the team facility to prevent them from leaving for the Milan game, protesting that the uh, price of milk in the area is not high enough for 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 them. I don't know what this means. I don't I don't understand why there's some sort of sit-in like protest at the soccer facility. Last I checked, and Italian politics are weird, but last I checked, I don't think the uh, Cagliari soccer team has any sway over the price of milk in the area. Who 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 controls the price of milk? I thought I mean I guess in Italy, usually the market <laughs> these sort of things. I mean, they have some sort of price. Well, well, I think this is you know similar to to the U.S. The the government can step in and regulate the price of, of milk and other you know like major agricultural goods. agricultural commodities. There we go. Uh, and and so I have a feeling that's kind of the the ploy they're making. I just. I don't get it, and there's this weird intersection between Italian soccer and politics, like the uh, the Turin Fiat workers. Yes, when they bought Ronaldo, uh, protesting the purchase of Ronaldo. Although that one made a lot more sense because I think the that factory is like owned by the same people that own Juventus, and Correct. they are like they're not being paid a, a minimal viable living wage, and so I get that. And then you had Berlusconi. Uh, Silvio Berlusconi, who used to own Milan, who was like prime minister and was like sentenced to jail for espionage, not espionage, but like for I think political espionage and and taping blackmailing people. There's a really fascinating. Did, did he, didn't he have a sex scandal too, or did I just off the cuff with that one? I don't. Maybe he did. I know that his daughter uh, Barbara Berlusconi was like dating Alexandre Pato for a while. Maybe that's why he had a lot of injury issues. I'm not sure. Um, but he was <laughs> definitely convicted of, like, political crimes. So there's just, I don't know, this is just one of the the next things in Italy that, that I don't quite understand. Um, Dude, this would be, has the makings of such a good reality show. Put the Fiat factory workers and the Cagua whatever. Ca- Cagliari whatever. Uh, milk farmers. Yeah. yeah, put those milk farmers, like, Put them in like all a house together and just like a you want like a you want you want series. you want Big Brother uh, Italian pr- protesters. In a Big Brother or fuck, throw them on an island. I want Survivor. I want Survivor. I want Survivor. That that, that, that that's the one I, I'm here for. Um, but yeah, it's just a really really obscure, you know, especially the, that the team got like stuck and locked in. Then some of the key players uh, expressed solidarity with with the the farmers, <laughs> and they were allowed to leave to get to Milan in time for the game today. So, See, if you don't understand, like this storyline about Arda Turan and the gun and the pop star's wife, this storyline about the milk farmers—that's the beauty of soccer. Like that's the one thing, one of the things I like about soccer over American sports is like all of our sports leagues are in America. We have a you know only thirty teams in this league, thirty-two teams in this league, etc. We're kind of set in what kind of drama can happen, but there are so many soccer teams and yeah. so many soccer leagues all across the world that you just get well, the most bizarre outcomes. And like, and I, you know, I, I like to think that I'm sympathetic with the plight of the uh, of, of the underpaid farmers who have a hard time making a living. As am I. I am, I am directly yeah, dependent from farmers. Like, I, I get that. So I'm not trying to make light of that. I'm more of drawing the absurdity of the idea that in America, 
we would never see a group of you know of, of unions or workers like staging a sit-in for some football team, some basketball team, as a way to apply political pressure to get you know a, a better pay or, or, or better compensation. It's just fascinating, and it's kind of funny to talk about milk farmers locking a soccer team in a in a facility. Yeah. All right. Uh, now back to our uh, league rundowns. Like that. Well, with that, we will move over to La Liga. Wait, that's not the end of our episode. Where... Hmm? We covered Premier no, League yeah. and Serie A. We're done, right? We have so much to talk about this episode. People are going to hate us. <laughs> uh, luckily, we kind of I screwed through La Liga because fucking I don't care. It's La Liga. Like it's just it's La Liga, man. It just doesn't do it for me. I don't know what it is. It's just it's just what it is. I don't know. Anyway, sorry about that. But Barcelona won 2-0 against Girona, but then dropped points in consecutive matches with a 2-2 draw against Valencia and a 0-0 tie against Athletic Bilbao. Um, of course, Atletico Madrid could not take advantage of Barcelona. If Barcelona dropped points, <laughs> Atletico Madrid either tie or lose that next game. Yeah. So they won 2-0 against Getafe. But of course, after Barcelona tied Valencia 2-2, they immediately lost to Real Betis 1-0, and then they got kind of crushed, and well, they didn't get crushed, but they got beat in the Derby 3-1. First of all, people were throwing rats at Courtois. Courtois spent three seasons on loan from Chelsea at Atletico Madrid, so people were throwing rats, like little stuffed rats, maybe actual rats. I Dude, don't know. some of those photos, I honestly had to zoom in because I thought they looked like dead rats, like actual this rats. Is the, this is the same league of fans, not the same fans, but the same league where a pig head was thrown at Luis Figo. An actual yeah. pig severed head. So it wouldn't be surprised me if some rats were let in on. Wasn't the, the same league that fans threw bananas at Danny Alves too? Yes, that that same league as well. Um, at least this one. Well, at least at least this one wasn't racially motivated. No, it was just he's a rat. He's a traitor. Yeah, I can respect that. Um, I actually thought Atletico kind of got fucked with two big calls in this game. First of all. A penalty was given that absolutely occurred outside of the box. Like, half a yard outside of the Like, Vincinius fell into the box. Did they, did they pull the whole, but, like, if there hadn't if he hadn't been fouled, his momentum would have easily carried him into the box or some bullshit like that? They didn't really explain it, but they VAR'd it and still gave it. And I was like, okay, I hate VAR, but at least if you're going to have it, the point is to get called right. And it still got the call wrong. They got screwed. They went down 2-1. And then... Morata had a great goal to equalize 2-2, and they called it off, and they said it was offside, but when I looked at the replay, the announcer said it was offside too, but I looked at it, and I kind of like, I paused it on my iPad, and I put like a line of where they're like, I really thought he was onside. So, I don't know. I kind of feel like Atletico got fucked, but Real Madrid got the win. Bale scored his 100th goal. Uh, Real Madrid had two wins before that, too. They beat um, Alavez 3-0. And a 4-2 win over Espanyol. And that leads us to our table update. And actually, Real is now in second place after all that. So Barca at 51. Six points behind is Real. A point behind them at 44 is Atletico. Sevilla is at 37. And there are five teams within six points of Sevilla. There are six teams fighting for that fourth place spot. You know what? That's pretty cool. That is something you don't always see in La Liga. Here's the problem with La Liga. You don't see it because it's only on fucking BN Sport. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It is not marketed well to the United States whatsoever. No. 
and that moves us to the uh, the Bundesliga, and which is marketed well for the United States. Very well. Um, Dortmund in first place were up three nothing over Hoffenheim with 15 minutes left. And what do you know? What they did Donnie. Hmm. They drew three three. Yeah, that you just can't blow a three zero lead with 15 minutes left. You just can't. Not do. when you Especially are. if you're a champion. Yeah, exactly. That is not not something champions do. Uh, Jaden Sancho looked so good, and I really hated how much I enjoyed watching him play because, you know, he kind of, it hurts our boys Pulisic's PT. He banked. He banked Pulisic, and I mean, yeah, but but Chelsea's gonna all their good players are gonna leave, so Pulisic's gonna be their best player. No, I know, I know, but it's just it's just not. I mean, Sancho looked, especially in that first half. Sancho looked incredible, um, but. Dortmund, I think, rested. They rested Royce. They rested a, a few players. Definitely have their eyes on uh, on Champions League coming up, and I'm really, really hoping that doesn't come back to bite them in the ass. Uh, Bayern, who, you know, down eight points to uh, Dortmund in the table, relatively easily beat uh, Schalke. Went up one nothing. Schalke tied it one one, and then. And then Byron just kind of took over, and, and I think the final score was 3-1. Uh, so they're five points back of Dortmund now. Weston McKinney went the full 90, uh, playing in like a, an attacking mid-roll, and had a, a really great assist. They uh, they keep getting the ball to him in like the middle third, and he makes just really great runs with strength and speed on the ball. Uh, had a couple errant passes and, and stuff of that nature, but had a perfectly weighted ball on the counterattack to, to spring the goal for an assist. He was their, their highest-rated player for Shaka, And uh, I think it says a lot, not just about his skill, but about the lack of talent at Shaka right now, that he's their most reliable, creative outlet. Because he's not a creative player. He's a very good player, good attacking, good defensive, good passer. But he's no means, what I would say, like a, you know, a creative player. And it's not a good sign that that's what Shaka is relying on him for. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting how they finish out the season and what happens with them next season for sure. Yeah, and and um, just kind of interesting, I think, really interesting to see how Pulisic does in uh in the Premier League next season because Chelsea are definitely going to see uh, an uptick in jersey sales in the United States. They're going to see their U.S. viewership fucking skyrocket, and I think if, th- if that means if if Pulisic can play well enough to justify the price tag with those other kind of financial incentives built in, you're going Mm -hmm. to see guys like McKinney and Tyler Adams a year or two down the road kind of be looked at by some top six or some aspirational Premier League clubs with the idea of let's splash the cash, let's get an American, kind of get into that market. And, and, you know, as long as Pulisic can kind of pave the way as, hey – my talent is worth the price tag. So it would be, be, I think, very interesting to see how Weston McKinney is affected by Christian Pulisic because Americans are are always interlinked in terms of overcoming that U.S. soccer skill bias. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, all really good points. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Adams didn't play for RB Leipzig. I have some some stats I'd like to say about Tyler Adams. Dude's been fucking killing it. So he played – yeah, give us the stats. His first elbow match. Eligible? He, eligible match, yep. 
Oh, no, 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 wait. No, this one, he was... Yeah, yeah, first eligible match, he was subbed in at the 90th minute. 0-0 zero, zero tie. He starts the next three games, they win 1-0, 3-0, He doesn't play at all this game, they lose 1-0. Oh, and that uh, that second start of his, he was the highest rate highest rated non goal scorer um, on the pitch, I think by like the the, the next gen analytics. Yeah, and stuff, right? yeah. So it was just cool. I mean, Tyler Adams has been he's been a fucking rock. Uh, really interesting to see how they're going to balance playing time in that midfield. Uh, they've been dealing with a, a long term injury to Mill Forsberg for most of the season, but he's been getting some some sub appearances last couple weeks and, and is getting close to fully fit and so just you know he obviously is way more attacking a little bit more forward than tyler adams but they're gonna have to bump things around to make room for their most important player forsberg and I'm just curious to see how that's gonna affect tyler adams moving forward but he he's he's been playing his him his way into solid solid minutes I, i'm sure he'll get some more pt as we move forward um he's been a lot of fun to watch too I love, I love, I love watching him play because, it you know, whenever Shaka or Leipzig are on and McKinney or Adams are on the pitch, I literally am just watching them. I'm not watching the the ball or everything. It's 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 kind of it's kind of fun. And yeah. Sar- Sergeant was an end of game sub for Werder today. They won four nothing. He had a uh, one touch, one one out of one dribbles completed, and one successful pass on one pass attempt for a hundred percent. So. Clearly, he had to be in the. He should have gotten the game ball, right? I agree. Uh, our good old Red Baron. Anything and, exciting happening in France, or should we just? Well, we actually have some. Some. I mean, you had, we have that Neymar injury, right? Neymar injury. And then PSG won this week, uh, one nothing on a Edison Cavani PK. Uh, Cavani leaving the game in the forty third minute, and has now been ruled out for the Champions League tie uh, against United. So. They're going to be without Cavani, without Neymar, and without um, Munir. Yep. Yeah. And it looks like they might be out without Neymar for both legs, most likely. Cavani, they believe, will be back for the the second leg. So I think with that, we just jump right into our uh, round of 16 Champions League preview and picks. Yeah. Um, so, okay. so we already talked about the injuries that PSG have yeah. going in. This is, nice. this is perfectly linked up because the first tie we're going to talk about is United PSG. Uh, Donnie, first leg is that is that in Man- in Manchester? First leg. Yeah. So so the way the t- the teams are set up, these are like the order of the games we played at over the next two weeks. And so yeah, they're set up into who. So PSG will be at home in the second leg. Yeah. So I mean, this is going to be a fascinating tie because it's you two teams that like to just well. Yes, and two teams that now both with their them. current management system like to just attack, have the talent to attack. Uh, but you've also and, and you've got, I mean, a gluttony of, of attacking choices for United right now. You know, do you bench uh, Marsh, Martial? Do you bench uh, Lukaku? You know, to make room for Linz, Rashford. You know, all the stuff. Whereas PSG, it's like, well, we can't start Neymar. We can't start Cavani. We lent out Tim Weah, who's fucking killing it at Celtic, you know. So it's—is it going to be the Mbappe show? You know, Manchester United had a tie against Sporting Portugal many years ago, early two thousands. And after that game, <laughs> a number of players went up to Sir Alex Ferguson, that beautiful 
beautiful Scottish man. One of the only few men I would truly romantically kiss on the lips. And they said, you need to buy this kid. He was crushing us. That kid's name was Cristiano Ronaldo. And I would like history to repeat. And Oh, man, you won the game, by the way. But I would like this to be the game where Manny realizes they fork over a quarter of a billion euros and they buy Kylian Mbappe, bring him to Manchester United. I hope this tie does it. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But it's going to be, you know, if PSG were fully loaded for both fixtures, I would say PSG is going to win the tie. I'd take PSG to win the tie if they were fully healthy. So do I. But given that the first game in Manchester and they're not fully healthy. And United's playing uh, really well right now. David De Gea has unlocked his god tier level again. Um, Pogba is just something else entirely right now. Rashford is absurdly clinical. They have they have the speed to match up. It's going to come down to the defense of United. Being yeah. able, being it just able depends on what wing Mbappe do... plays on. If it's against Ashley Young, it's goodbye. But if it's against Luke Shaw, it's hard to get around that booty. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Um, I, I'm, fuck it. I'm taking United. So am I. I think we're both. Uh, Goal. You're, you're gonna see. You're gonna see goals. Goals scored by both teams in both legs. Oh yes. In before. In before zero 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 penalty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next next competition. This is, I think, an actually really interesting, uh, interesting one. We got Roma Porto. Porto surprised a lot of people. Surprising a lot of people the way they're playing. They have some really good young players. Roma, they're very up and down. They're either like playing really well, or then they go these periods where they're playing dog shit. <sighs> Edin Dzeko scored this weekend to end his goal drought of a couple weeks. Stephen Elcherawe is healthy and scoring goals. Yeah. But they did uh, just get drubbed 7-1 by Fiorentina. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, just, it's hard. I, I'm going to go, if for nothing else, but like kind of for brand name, I'm going to go Roma this time. I'm taking Porto. I, I think that's a good pick. I, I take Roma very hesitantly. I think Porto, this one is very close to me. I think, I think Porto is a very good pick. This is an interesting one. This is also interesting. This one is going to be a much more exciting uh, tie than Roma Porto, I think. Uh, Tottenham Dortmund first first ga- first leg in Tottenham, which gives Dortmund the home game on the. Tottenham isn't a place. It's just a luxury, right? No shit. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Just pretend I didn't say that. I'm sorry. Eric is so mad. Like when I say the second leg is at PSG, I know P. I mean it's Paris that they're fucking playing. Yes, but you didn't say at Tottenham. You said in Tottenham, so that's the difference. Oh my god, I fucking hate you. Um. So Tottenham are going to be without Deli Alley and Kane, definitely for the first leg, potentially mm-hmm. for the second leg too. Yeah. Definitely very likely for the second leg. Dortmund are the top of the table. In, uh, are we are we analyzing? Or am I just am I just making a pick? 
I mean, you, we, you we can give a little analysis. We, we did a little analysis from ADPSG. We kind of went more with picks for Roma Porta with a little bit of analysis. We're kind of doing a little bit of both. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to compete and to fight for, you know, uh, they are still technically fighting for a Premier League title and to compete in the Champions League without two of your four best players. And without your best player, yeah, I think Dortmund's got some defensive issues. They definitely do. They're they're trying some funky shit out, but at the end of the day, Royce is gonna play. Jaden Sancho is probably gonna play. Pulisic might even be able being able to bring Pulisic's pace in in like the seventieth minute as a sub. I really like that flexibility. I'm gonna, I'm going. I'm taking Dortmund. Tottenham, Tottenham are leading after leg one, after the first leg, but I'm taking Dortmund. And, the, and then Dortmund wins it in Germany? I mean, don't Tottenham collapse in, in European competition? Yes, very badly. Uh, if Tottenham had Kane and Ali healthy, I would go Tottenham, but they're out. They're, they are, you know, they're winning t- games tight in the Premier League against opposition that is nowhere near as talented. They're beating, they're beating mid-table Premier League teams with you know, final 20-minute last gasp goals by, by Sun. Yeah, and so I got to go Dortmund as well. Uh, Ajax, Real Madrid. Ajax has a lot of good talent. Uh, Frankie de Jong is actually joining Barcelona at the end of the season. Like he's a talented midfielder, so of course that's where he's going. Uh, but uh, hands down, Real Madrid, I think, are going to crush him. I think Real Madrid really picked up their stride. You look like me because you're going to think you're going to pick Ajax. But then when you're when I end up having more picks right than you, it's going to end up coming down to the fact that Ajax lost eight four on aggregate. I really, really want to take Ajax on this one. I really do. This is like that's like the E Gates E Gates eighty four special right there. Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact that when I pick Ajax, I will lose. If I don't pick Ajax, I probably lose by like two or three picks. But if I do pick Ajax, I'm going to lose by one pick, and it's going to be by the Ajax pick. So, therefore, I'm taking Ajax to go to advance over Real Madrid. <laughs> it would hey, be pretty funny Ajax, that Ajax that, That's sc- a great pick if you're right. You should put some money on it. Ajax, can, Ajax can score goals. Real can't. I'm taking the goals. It's a, game, it's a game against those that can make shots and those that can't make shots. I want the shot makers. Ralph scored 10 goals in their last three games. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> just but none of those none of those are by Marcelo, so they're clearly not utilizing their best attacking threat. Oh, yeah, he was on the bench against Atletico Madrid. And that's why I'm not- taking Ajax. Ajax play their best 11 players. Now this takes us to an uh, interesting tie. First place team in the Premier League, Liverpool. Well, I guess they're technically second place. The, the right two second-place teams in, in the Premier League and Bundesliga. Yeah. For being technical. But Liverpool, Bayern Munich. Liverpool. You're taking Liverpool? Yeah, I'm taking Liverpool. They're attacking depth. Uh, they're young, but they have experience. Bayern is old. They've started, they started benching some of their old guys and playing some of their youth. But I'm taking Liverpool. This is a tough one for me. 
because I actually think that it's Jurgen Klopp against a, Germ- a team in Germany he's used to getting beaten by. It's Jurgen Klopp and his Liverpool team who have had a chance to really extend their lead at the Premier League and have kind of fluttering. And it's a manager who I've always said is a good coach. His players love him. But in the most critical moment, when he has to be excellent, he's, he's a bit of a choker. Now, then again, you have Robert Lewandowski on the other side, <laughs> who is also a choker. So it's a tough one for me. And I think if we weren't doing a competition style, like I would give you my gut, I would say Bayern Munich. But because, like, I have, like, because if I pick something different from you, and I, like, if I pick Liverpool and we both lose, then I don't really, I haven't really lost anything in our competition. So it's close enough where I'm, like, actually bringing strategy. Are you, oh, come on. Dude, I fucking picked Ajax. <laughs> that was retarded. Actually, actually, yeah, actually, I'm, 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 I, it's too late to go back and change it to Real Madrid. That was a really stupid No, move. it's already been typed. Really? Because I definitely, I'm <laughs> definitely, I'm def- it's it definitely is, not set in no, stone. No, no, it is set in stone. <laughs> it is set in stone. Yeah, you I, can't go back and change. I just went back and, and selected Real Madrid. <laughs> you picked Ajax. This Real Madrid selection is not great. But in good sport, I picked Bayern Munich to beat Liverpool. I can never pick Liverpool to win anything. And I actually think Munich, Bayern Munich will beat them. Leon Barca, I just Barcelona. Barcelona, Barcelona is going to advance. Although, um, first, it, it, it's it's within a goal after the first leg. Listen, Leon has some gamers. Leon can play. They got Nabil Fakir, Memphis Depay. They have that third guy who we never really remember. But he's it's there. because I re- I really like Fakir. You really like Depay. We don't have a third host that really likes the other guy. <laughs> But um, Wait, it's not Falcao, is, is it? Is it Falcao? I think there's four games in the league where Messi hasn't had a goal or an assist. He is just <laughs> yeah. Messi, Messi will always bail out. Bar- even if Barcelona play like God, like even if they're down like remember that time they were down like four zero to PSG and they won five zero. Yeah, like behind Messi, like Messi will just Messi's like just the ultimate bailout guy. Like he's he, like oh like we played really bad. Don't worry, I'll be really good the next game and score a hat trick. Yeah, he's really good at it because that's been his entire role for the Argentinian national team for the past like five years, six years. Yeah, but then, but then but then they lose at the critical moment. Yeah, but but he has bailed them out of games that they shouldn't be in to get there. Yes, yes. So yeah, I got Barcelona. Barcelona beating Leon. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Prince Boateng gets a goal. <laughs> Uh, so now we have Weston McKinney and Schalke versus Manchester City. Weston McKinney gets two really good, ex- uh, two really good ninety-minute experiences in the Champions League, and City Absolutely. City advance on the largest goal differential of the of the round. Yep. Well, no, maybe second behind uh, Ajax's goal differential over Real Madrid. And now. That leads the, this is actually, I think this might be the toughest one to call. Atletico Madrid Juventus. That is a interesting draw. Here's here's what when, when I look at Real Madrid's three peat, I look at the key the main components to uh, to why they, they made that three peat. It comes down to Ronaldo, Zidane. Kaylor Navas and Tony Cruz. <laughs> so, um, 
Real Madrid have they don't they don't have Ronaldo, they don't have Zinedine Zidane, and they don't have Keylor Navas. So I don't really. I mean, they do have Keylor Navas. Well, no, but they, they, they don't they play. Have him. Him. They just don't use. They still use him. They don't, they don't use the three peak goalie. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I have I have a I just don't use it anything. So of the key components to the three peat, uh, Juventus have the same number that uh, that Real Madrid do. Um, Juventus's key component is Ronaldo, which I think counts for more than any of the other key components combined. So I'm taking Juventus in a pure mathematical formula here to advance over Atletico Madrid. But I agree with you. This is a fast. There are some really good ties in this round of 16. United PSG, Tottenham Dortmund, uh, Ajax upset over Real Madrid, Liverpool. Liverpool Bayern. Liverpool Bayern. Bayern. Liverpool Bayern and then Atletico Juve. That's saucy. Um, I agree with you. Oh, you were supposed to I pick think, that one first. My bad. <laughs> I was good. like I said. I think Ronaldo. He's the, he's going to be the difference maker. He's going to be the big factor. I think uh, you know Atletico is a good defensive team. I think Juventus is a better defensive team. Um, it's going to come down to are Chiellini and uh, Bonucci healthy? They've been out for a couple of games with injury. They're supposed to be back uh, midweek. So I, I think we'll see them. Um, if if one of them or both of them are out, that really opens up the door for Griezmann and company to stir some shit up. Yeah, that's true. Um, and we, when you look at our picks, really our our internal podcast competition comes down to three matchups. I really wish I was able to go back and adjust my Real Madrid one because <laughs> no, you can't just like say it and then two minutes later like. Like, yeah, Byron's remarks like he made that pick. No, I definitely can, though, because I'm in charge of the editing of this podcast. <laughs> this is going to go back in. He's going to take out everything and go, yes, I, Eric Gates, also agree. Real Madrid will win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so those are our picks. That is the show for today. Um, Whoever loses this has to – well, what happens – what do you want if I lose this? And no, we're not doing the platinum hair thing. Not well, and if we're not doing the plan of hair thing, then it's just like, why are we even like making picks at all? <laughs> <laughs> what? Because I have a suggestion that if I win, if I win, you have to beat you to finish the season as the league uh, correspondent. The entire season. So that was my. This is this is a negotiation. That's my initial offer. Okay. What 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 do you? What what would you want me to have to do if I lost? You took the one thing that I wanted off the table. The one that you wanted was fucking platinum air. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can change it back. You just need to keep it for a week. Uh uh-uh. uh <sighs> You I'll would go- revel in turning me into what I despise. <laughs> if I win, I want you have to take a calendar photo shoot in the twelfth. In, tw- in six soccer jerseys of my choice, and I'll provide three of the soccer jerseys. So, in the six soccer jerseys of your choice, I'm buying three of them? Yes. That is... They don't have to be, like, official. Like, we can do, like, cheap, like, knockoff jerseys. Okay, fine. I will accept. If I win, same exact thing. I like your wager. I want to take it as well. And we ignore the yeah. League stuff? Yeah, I, st- I-, I keep doing League Up because I fucking hate my life. <laughs> okay, yes, deal. That is the deal. All right. I like it. That's a good one. All right. Um, (laughs) 
Now, really, I should have held out and said I would agree if you let me s- switch out the Ajax Real Madrid pick, but <laughs> fuck it. Because that was definitely not – that was me picking with what I want, not what I think is going to happen. On the record, I definitely believe Real Madrid advance, but I am sticking with Ajax as my pick. Okay. I get accept that. You have no choice but to accept that. <laughs> no, I, I, I have actually chose to accept that. I could just say, no, I don't accept that if you move on. But I was the bigger you, person. You, no, 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 yeah. You're not the bigger person if you have to explicitly come out and say to the other person, hey, I was the bigger person. We both agree I was the bigger person. We can move on now. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. You're, you're getting my interest to work on me. We've also extended this way too long, and I can't wait to edit none of this out, uh, especially the part where you freeze for three minutes. So that's what you get for making me stick with Ajax over Real Madrid. This has been Ongol Podcast. Uh, tweet, uh, tweet to us at Ongol Pod. Uh, <laughs> you can reach us on email uh, at ongopod at gmail.com there's a facebook group spread the word spread the love uh and if you ever insult somebody remember the way to apologize is to give them a loaded gun and let them shoot bye i was sitting wishing in this barren desert wasteland all alone Hoping that mirages were in some type of scene I've come to know She whispered closely, told me this is all that we could ever be But none of me would be the enemy and destroy our destiny Cause our love is a battlefield and I'm a soldier made of steel And I'll fight until the end Shallow wounds always man, no, no I won't camp here tonight And I'll win you love, love, love If you're ready for war I'll run the sun, sun, sun Just surrender your core I'll give you bombs of my love But I don't wanna explode So follow me, follow me And I'll show you home Could have crushed my spirit, oh yeah, right down to the bone Until the day I realized my courage is all I ever own Cause our love is a battlefield And I'm a soldier made of steel And I'll fight until the end Shallow wounds always, man, no, no I won't camp here
sun, just surrender your core. I'll give you bombs.